And so as we dive into the question of what is the reason, the purpose for the church, what we're going to be diving into as well, what is the purpose for us individually? So it's the church and us together. I want to live my life knowing what the reason for my existence is. Amen? I don't want to get to the end of my life. And there's a, a famous book with this particular title uh, where there was an elderly man at the end of his life and he was looking back and he had, he had just recently found God. He had run away from God his entire life. And, and how many know that God is merciful and grace-filled grace that even in the last moment, God can extend his grace toward us, amen? And that is good news. But this man was, was looking back. He had just come to faith and he's looking back at his life. He said, man, there's a, there's a part of me that feels I've wasted my life because I, I never connected to the purpose that God had for me. And, and yes, now in my late uh, age, I can live for God, but I wish I could have done so earlier. And, and what if you and I could find the purpose of God for us today? And what we together, we could find the purpose of God for us as a church together. Say purpose. Amen. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Where are we going? What is ahead of us? How about for, for heart and soul? What is the vision? Where are we going together? And I, I want to take a few moments today to, to just talk to you about this and then maybe see if this, there is something that is said today that connects with you where you would say, you know what, I want to be a part of that. I want to be part of making a difference in this community. I want to be a part of bringing life, bringing hope, belonging, and purpose to this community who is in desperate need of it. Amen? Not too long ago, we gathered, some of us as leaders gathered, and we started thinking and praying, what is it that this community is after? What does it need? And one of the things that we find when we walk out of those steps, and even right before the service started, I saw a man that I've seen for years, and he's been out in the streets for years, and he's been drunk for years, and drugging for years, and every year I tell him, God loves you, why don't you come to church, why don't you get connected? And, but there's a sense of hopelessness on his face, do you know what I'm talking about? This is what I've been doing my whole life, and, and this is what, what the deal is. And so one of the things that we as a church have decided is that if we don't do anything else, we're going to bring hope to people who are in hopelessness. Amen? Because we believe that in God there is hope. Say, in God there is hope. And so for the gentleman that walked uh, by and for the person that is in the community and even for people who are inside of this building now that are feeling hopeless, we believe that we serve a God who brings hope. Say, hope. In Jesus' name. We also talked about how so many feel alone. They feel like they have no one to go to. They feel like their family has abandoned them or they feel disconnected and they feel lonely and they feel alone. And so we said, we want to bring hope to people, but we also want to let them know that they belong. Say belong. We want to, we want to let them know that it, with, with God and because of what Jesus has done, everyone has an opportunity to belong to a family that is greater than just their own situation. You don't have to be alone anymore. You can belong to the family of God. Say belong in Jesus' name. And the, finally, the third thing we thought about is we talked to so many people who have no idea what it is that they're supposed to do. And how many know that when you don't know what you're supposed to do, anything will do? Did you know that? If you don't know what you're supposed to be about, then whatever uh, Susie or Peter or Don or, or my brother-in-law or whoever says, well, I'll try that. Because if I don't know what my purpose is, I have, I have no reason to say no to certain things or yes to certain. I have no idea. And so we said we want to be a place of hope, a place where people can belong, but also a place where people can find their purpose. Amen?
And so that's what this church is about. And if you don't remember anything else that I'm talking to you about, I want you to know that Heart and Soul Community Church, in Jesus' name, so help us God, will be that place of hope, belonging, and purpose for this community. And listen, even for you and for your family, amen? May you and I find hope when we are hopeless, when we, we find belonging, when we feel by ourselves, we, we find a sense of purpose. What is it that we were born to do? And so I don't know about you, but when I talk to some, when I want to get somewhere, I talk to people that are doing it. So this year, I know this is going to come as a shock to you. Maybe you, none of you have this resolution, but my New Year's resolution was that I wanted to lose some weight. That's what you're supposed to say. And that's okay. You know, I know, thank you for trying to be kind to me, but that was my goal. You know, I needed to lose some weight. And so, you know, the, the person that I ask for help in that venture is important. How many know that that's true? You know, because if I talk to someone who struggles with the same Snickers, Pepsi addictions that I have, bless the Lord. That's not going to help me, right? Because at the end of the day, we'll start talking about food and we'll get hungry. We'll just drink Pepsi and, and eat Snickers together. And that's not good. But I need to talk to someone who is doing it. Are you with me? Someone who is actually doing it. And so I have a, a friend of mine who, who we become, become close. He's been talking to me for years about changing the things that I eat. He says, there are things that come up from the ground that are actually healthy for you. I did not believe him for many years. But I talked to him because he, he knew what he was talking about. He lost 50 pounds. And, and it's, it's healthy and doing great. And so, hey, whenever I want to learn about something, I ought to talk to someone who knows what they're talking about. And some of you need to hear this today because maybe you are in trouble and you are asking for help from the wrong place. You, you know that old song, looking for love in all the wrong places, right? Some of you are looking for love in the wrong places. You're looking for advice in the wrong places. Who you ask is very important because we want to we be a model. And so if we as a church want to bring hope, belonging, and purpose to this community, then we want to be very careful what church we're going to emulate ourselves after. Who are we going to ask? Who's going to help us? And I believe that the greatest church that existed and the, the one that can help us the most in this venture of trying to become hope, belonging, and purpose in Jesus' name for this community is the first church. Say the first church. Jesus come, goes up to heaven and he leaves his disciples and the first church is started. And I want to say a couple of things about this. And I, By the way, if you are here and you are... Um, shall I say a little bit obsessive compulsive about the fill in notes? Uh, you'll get all the fill in notes today, okay? And you're gonna get there's only a, uh, what is it? Four of them actually. The first one is the first one is purpose. I'll just I'll do that. I'll, I'll give that to you so you can get started. Purpose is the reason for which something is created or for which something exists. What is the purpose of the church? What is the purpose of our lives? And 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 in looking at the examples, the first church we see something really powerful. And, and, and I'm going to, if you have a Bible in front of you, I'm going to ask you to open up to this particular book and verse, uh, chapter and verse of the Bible. It is not in your notes. It's Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And, and what we're going to look at for one second is the beginning of the church. Say the beginning. I want you to see how it was that the church got started. This is really powerful. And here we go. Are you ready? When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together, say together, 
If you've got somebody either on your left, on your right, how many know that we are together this morning? Amen? That we're not by ourselves. And so when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. <laughs> and in the scripture says that suddenly, I want you to repeat that, say suddenly. See, the, the work of God in your life and mine will often come in a moment. And we never know how God is going to do it, but in one moment, God can change everything. Amen? God can change your financial situation in one moment. He can change your kids in one moment. He can change your marriage in one moment. Suddenly, say suddenly. See, the, they were together, and by the way, if you know anything about this story, uh, they were together, and they were not just going, yeah, we're together, we're the best. No, they were together. They were hiding. They were afraid of the government because people were persecuting them, but they were together. There is power in together. Say together. And so the scripture says that suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. It came from heaven. It did not come because we were moving around really fast. Nobody pulled out a fan and started fanning. The scripture says that the wind came from where? It came from heaven. And I want to tell you that the beginning of this church, and I believe that the beginning of this year for us as a church, the thing that we need the most is we need a move of the wind of God from heaven. Amen? It is not something that you and I are going to start. It is not something that's going to come from anywhere else. It's going to come as we gather together, crying out to God, and the heavenlies are going to come down. Amen? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven that is our prayer and so the scripture says it came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting you can go on to the next one if you can if you can they filled the whole house where they were sitting and the scripture says that suddenly a sound like the blowing wind okay we're gonna do we're gonna do verse three i'm sorry Edie, I, I i cheated you there verse three uh, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. So they were in that place, and the Holy Spirit came, and we're going to read that about that in one second, and these tongues of fire came upon how many of them? On each of them. And I want you to just make a declaration. The Holy Spirit, say it after me. Say, the Holy Spirit can fall on me today. Say it one more time. The Holy Spirit can fall on me today. Do you believe that? Amen. It happened for the early church. We believe that it can happen now. And listen, not only do I believe it, we need the Holy Spirit. Nothing matters without a touch from heaven. And so the scripture says they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And we can go on to the next verse, uh, verse 4 of the scripture. The, all of them were filled with what? They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Pastor, what's that about? Listen, speaking in other tongues, it's kind of an odd thing. It's kind of an out-of-this-world thing, but here's what I know. Heaven came and met them and touched them like a violent wind, and the Holy Spirit touched them, and it touched them in such a way that something started happening and coming out of their mouths that had never come out before. You know somebody who's touched by God and they start speaking in ways that you say, who are you? I don't know who you are because you're speaking, you're, you're living in a way that is different than ever before. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, amen? Whether you say words out loud or whether you say words with how you live, God's work wants to touch you through his Holy Spirit. All of them 
were filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, listen. This is how the church of Jesus Christ began. It began with a touch from heaven. Now, we're going to talk about some things that you and I are called to do as a church. But before we talk about that, it is imperative, it is critical that you understand that the church is not a man thing. The church is God's thing when he sent the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so uh, just uh, pray with me and say, Holy Spirit, Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, Spirit, come. We wait for you. We need you. Our hearts are open to you, Holy Spirit. We don't want to live without you anymore. We need your healing, your power, your guidance, your leadership. We need you. We will never find our purpose without you. We will never be the church that you've called us to be without you. As individuals, fire will not come on us without you. We need your Holy Spirit. And so, so this is how the church began. Amen? So we're going to talk about some things here. We're going to read the Bible. Is that okay? And I'm going to go pretty fast because I, I want you to get this. But listen, after you leave here, how many know it is okay to read the Bible after you leave here? Amen? When you go home, I want you to read the book of Acts chapter 2, and I want you to start praying that. I want you to start praying that over yourself. I want you to start praying that over this church and this community because you and I, we need the Holy Spirit to ignite a fire in heart and soul community church that will spread to this community in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Here's what the, what the Bible says the church focused on. Say focus. See, some of, us, some of us are good at a lot of things, but we need to focus. Amen. We need, to, we need to be purposeful and focused. Here's what the scripture says. They devoted themselves, and this is on your sheet. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Pastor, what's that about? We're going to talk about it in one second. Here's what I want you to see. This is the kind of church that you and I together can become if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. Are you ready? Here's what it says. Everyone, say everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Say everything. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Hallelujah. Amen. That is the kind of church that the first early church was and brothers and sisters that's a kind of church we believe that God is calling heart and soul to be he's calling us to be a church that does these things and so I'm going to go over the first verse there that is at the top and we're going to talk about that for the remaining of our time they devoted themselves that means they were committed to certain things the Holy Spirit had come the fire had come on them they had believed and so now they were committed to something and here's the first thing. They, were com- they devoted themselves to what? What's the first thing? To the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, I want you to see very quickly, the apostles were those followers of Jesus who were in charge of, of continuing the message of Jesus. Are you with me? And so you say, but pastor, what is the apostles' teaching? I'm glad you asked. We're going to look at that right right now. The first thing I want you to know about the apostles' teaching is what we've already talked about, and it's this, that it was empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
the, the teaching of the apostles was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Say empowered. You know, teaching is nice, but when you have teaching with power, that is something else. Amen. It was empowered by the Holy Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost when the wind came. So that's the first thing I want you to see, that it is Holy Spirit empowered. The second thing I want you to see, and, and I, I could take a lot of verses from Acts chapter 2. I'm just going to pick one, not because it's the best one, but just for the sake of time, I want to make sure that you at least have a sense of what it was that the apostles were teaching. The person that we're going to read from right now was one of the apostles. He happens to be the most famous apostle. Anybody want to guess what his name was? His name was Peter. So Paul, now, hey, listen, if you said Paul, that's a great guess, by the way. We're going to talk about Paul in the house. But of the first 12, actually, Paul calls himself like, like an apostle afterwards. He, 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 he was, a, by God's grace, he, he became an apostle. But Peter is speaking, and he is teaching the people. And so if the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, it is important for us to know what the apostles' teaching was. And I'm just going to give you one verse here. It's Acts. Acts 2, verse 36, and it goes like this. Peter spoke to the people. He said, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus. God has made his son Jesus, whom you crucified. So he was crucified on a cross. Both Lord, Master, King. And Messiah means Savior, the anointed one. And so he, he shared a lot of other things, but all we have time to do today is I just want to clarify some things. The apostles' teaching was that God has sent his son Jesus, who was crucified for your sins and mine, and that Jesus, who on the third day was resurrected, that one is Lord and Messiah. Can I get an amen? That's the apostles' teaching. And so the people asked a really great question. After Peter had spoken to them, they said, okay, so what do we do about that? Now that we know that God sent his son and he was crucified and now he's Lord and Messiah, what do we do? Those of us who are far apart, those who, who are not part of your group, we were not at the room in Pentecost, what do we do? And, and here's what Peter said. He said two things. And again, he said more than this, but I want, you to uh, I want to focus on this. He said, repent, say repent, and be baptized repent and be baptized the way that we get in is through repentance and baptism he said repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins that is the way you get into this family is by acknowledging jesus this is the apostles teaching say apostles teaching acknowledging that jesus was crucified and he is lord and messiah when you say you are lord you are messiah Oh, and you, you repent. Say, a repentance means I'm turning around. I'm going one direction. No, 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 no. Repentance says I got to get off of the exit. I got to start going the other direction in Jesus' name. Amen? That's repentance. Repent, hallelujah, and be baptized. That means we, we dunk you in water, and we dunk you in water, not because the water is special, but it is a public declaration of what's happening inside of us. Why is that important, Pastor? Why does anybody care about baptism? It's because so many people, have, they, they say, well, I have faith. I believe in Jesus. Jesus is, I remember some t-shirts. This is way back when I was a youth pastor, Jesus is my homeboy. 
and and and, and they, they have this faith inside, but 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 if any nobody would have any idea that they're they're believers. But no, no, it's my faith is personal, it's inside. Well, Peter said, No, 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 wait a second. In order to come into this kingdom of the one who cruci- who was crucified and died for you, you've got to believe that he is Lord and Messiah. But here's what you need to do: you need to repent and you need to be baptized publicly. How many know it's it's hard to hide if somebody dunks you in water, you come out all wet. It's just you can't help it. It's a public declaration, amen. And we are to live lives in repentance and in the baptism, the declaration that the, the wetness of God would exude from our lives to others. Amen? And so they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Say, apostles' teaching. So listen, we as a church, heart and soul, must be a place where we commit to, we devote ourselves to the teaching of the apostles. Amen? Next, number two, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to what comes after that? And to fellowship, fellowship. Here's what I'm going to say about that. Uh, Notice this. In verse 43, which starts with everyone, it says, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. When it says everyone, I'm going to give you a question and I'm going to answer. I'm going to cheat for you very quickly. When it says everyone, did that mean just the church? Or did it mean everyone? I want you to notice that it's talking about what the church was doing, but then it's also talking about what everyone is seeing. The church is committed to something, but everyone was seeing stuff happening. Everyone was filled with awe, listen, at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Wonders and signs performed. There's something that happens in the church when the Spirit of God touches us, when we are committed to the apostles' teaching, that there's something that should happen in heart and soul that should be noticed, listen, should be noticed by everyone. Everyone. My prayer is that sick people would come in and they would be healed at heart and soul in Jesus' name. Not because we're so great, but because we serve a God who is great. Amen? My prayer is that people who are addicted and homeless and in difficult situations would come and they would be transformed and they would be able to go out and say, this is what God has done. And they would say, how has this happened? God did it and he did it in his church. Amen? Everyone was filled with awe. But then there are some things that not everyone gets to do and participate in. I want you to notice what the next verse says. After it says, wonders and signs performed by the apostles, it says, all the what? All the believers. There are some things that everyone notices, but there are only some things that believers are supposed to do. Are you with me? You and I can never expect everyone to act like believers. By the way, believers should not act like everyone. Because there's a special call of God on our lives. All the what? All the what? Believers were, were what? Were what? Together and had what? Everything in common. Wow. And this is all I have time to, to talk about. There is power in together. There is power in together. What you cannot do by yourself, something happens when we're together. Listen, listen, listen. Everyone, know, everyone who knows me knows this. Um, since uh, it's been a, quite a few days now, uh, I have not drank soda for a few days. Now, I'm not telling you that because I think you should do that. Listen, that's between you and God. God bless you. Amen. But here's, I have not drunk soda for, for a few weeks. It's been a few weeks. How many know that's a struggle? Amen. And uh, can I be real with you for a second? Is that okay? Listen, I have been uh, on a kick. I'm, I'm eating more vegetables. Eating less, I'm, I'm drinking more water, and I'm not drinking soda. And so, and I'm, I'm doing good. I, I, I've, I've lost some weight. But listen, 
I've done that with a group of friends. Because how many know that at 11 o'clock at night, the game's about to end, and I got that little munchy feeling. If it wasn't for my friends saying, you can do it, I encourage you. Hey, they're doing it too. Uh, if it wasn't for them, somehow as a zombie, I would find myself in front of the uh, fridge, and I, I can't, I, I, you know, my, my reasoning has gone out the window. But because I'm with people. Last night, I went to the grocery store to buy healthy things that we need. And I bought a two liter of Pepsi last night. Now, here's the good news. I did not open that two liter of Pepsi. Are you with me? Now, Pastor, why are you telling us that? Because that's kind of like weird, right? I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. And there you go. Here's, here's why I'm telling you that. Because I don't know about you, but I need the Holy Spirit of God's help every day. <laughs> Say every day. I needed him for the last two weeks. I need him today to help me because in my flesh there is something called sin that always runs back to what I know is destructive and I need God's power to help me. So pray for me, amen? amen. Pray for me in Jesus' name. Fellowship. Listen, we need each other. You can't do this deal by yourself. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship. Uh, and, and I'm just going to give you the, first, uh, the next two feelings. Hope comes from connecting with God. It was the Holy Spirit who is God himself who came down to the church. Hope comes from connecting to, with God. It comes with connecting with God. And the second one is belonging comes... Belonging comes from connecting to others. We want to bring hope to the hopeless. We want to be, bring belonging to those who are lonely. And it comes from connecting to God and connecting to others. Can I get an amen? amen? I want you to see this very quickly. It says, all the believers were together and had everything in what? Everything in common. It talks about sharing resources. It's not saying that you give to people what you don't have. But it does say that what they did have, they shared it with people. Amen? Now, now notice, I want you to see this, and, and don't get angry with me when I say this, but I want you to see uh, who is sharing with each other. Who had everything in common? It was the believers. You see, it, when we have Christ under us and this, his blood now runs through our veins, we are family. And in the same way that I would not tell my brother who is at the door knocking and asking me, can you come in? I say, of course you can come in. You are my brother. You are my family. In the same way, all the believers have now a connection. Amen. We are part of the family of God. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And here's all I'm going to say about this. The scripture says they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. God cares about how you handle your money. It matters to God. Oh, 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 wait. Let me, let me prepare because the preacher is going to talk to us about giving to the church. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. God cares about how you handle money. Listen. Why do, why, why do all preachers talk about that? I don't know why all preachers might talk about that, but here's what this preacher will say. It matters to God. How I spend my money matters to God. If I am giving, you say, Pastor, how am I supposed to have everything in common? Sell everything? Are you saying sell everything? Listen, listen let me just start one place. God calls us to bring our tithes and our offerings to the church. There are times when people come through the house, to the house, and they say, we have a need, and we say, 
great news. We have provision and you have a need. We're going to meet that need. Are you going to amen? amen? But could it be, could it be that there have been times and there are times when we say, I'm sorry, we don't have something to give you. And we don't have something to give you because what's supposed to go to God's house has not completely come to God's house. And because it hasn't come, we're not able to give it. Could it be that God is calling us to be a church of generosity? Say generosity. And that starts with our tithes and our offerings. And listen, this is not a convicting thing. This is not a you bad thing. No, no, no. Listen, this is, here's what it is. God cares about how you spend your money. And so if you want to give God your heart, your mind, your soul, God, I give you everything but my wallet. Stay over there. No. God cares about how we spend our money. He cares what we do with it. There's something powerful about giving to God because when we give, we are reminded that everything we have comes from him. And so freely we have received, then freely we can give. The scripture says that they broke bread to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Breaking of bread speaks of generosity, hospitality. They sold and brought to the church. There was no lack. They, they served each other with what they had. Uh, the next feeling is this. We find our purpose when we use our gifts, what we have to serve one another. Hallelujah. To serve one another. I'm almost done here. Just give me one more minute. To serve one another. Finally, and to prayer. Say prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And prayer serves for two things. And, and I don't have time to develop this, but I want you to hear me out. It, it serves for two things. When you pray, how many know when you pray, you're talking to God? Did you know that? You, there's a connection with God. So I would encourage you to pray like never before. May 2020 be a year when we pray. That's one of the reasons why we started praying in the house. And because we believe that prayer changes things. Amen. But there's a, an, an incredible passage um, because we're going to talk about evangelism and our, our call to share with the world the love of God. There's a, a powerful passage where Jesus says this, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful. There are, there are fruits that are ready to be plucked out. They're ready. There are hearts. There are people who are ready to receive the message. But Jesus said, the problem is there are not enough people to go and tell them about it. The workers who are supposed to harvest the crop, they are few. And so here's what Jesus tells the disciples. He, listen, I want you to listen to what, what this says. And now, if you, off the top of my head, and Brother Dave, if you can help me with the a scripture passage or anyone has it I actually have it somewhere I just don't have it off the top of my head but but if you want it you can ask me amen you can uh, email me at lewis at heartandsoulchurch.com praise God <laughs> the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few Jesus does not say so get out there and take care of the harvest go out there and work hard the first thing that Jesus says to them is this I want you to listen to this the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few here's what he says so pray. Oh, you didn't hear me. <laughs> listen, listen. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Jesus says to you, to me, he said it to the disciples in the early church. He says, I want you to pray. Say pray. Another version says, ask the Lord. How many know that asking the Lord and praying is the same thing? Amen. There are different uh, uh, translations, but one of them says pray. One of them asks the Lord, make a request to God. The point is this. 
prayer is not just connecting to God, but when you pray, God starts doing something in your heart and maybe in your community so that God will touch people's hearts so that many people will come out and start working the fields and start telling people, God loves you. There is hope for you. I was where you are, but God saved me. He can do the same through you. Amen? Pray. Sharing God's love and evangelism does not start with, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do it. No, 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 no. It starts like this. God, would you give me your heart for people? Would you, would you transform me so I can see how you see? God has called heart and soul this year, now, to be a place where people that are hopeless find hope that who are alone feel like they belong and who have no idea what their purpose is, that they'll find their purpose. Help me. Join with me in that prayer. I promise you, I, I have a sense from God in my heart that we're going to see some amazing things happen. And everyone will see and be in awe at the wonders and miracles that God will do. Let's pray. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we continue to be in a posture of expectation, that we are expecting you to move in our hearts and in our minds. And even after today, the testimonies would arise of the goodness and how you're touching us. May we be a church that brings hope, belonging, and purpose to this community, to our family, city, and world. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen.